Once again. No, I'm not okay. I'm not going to be too hard on our sports director, Zach Halperin, because I'm sure it's very early. He's uh, flying back. I'm sure he's had a long weekend. But in typical curse fashion, he pulls me aside Thursday. Hey, you got five minutes? I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, I just want to go over uh, the logistics next week. I got your guys' reservations all set for Radio Row. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, There is no Radio Row. Yeah. Because we haven't won the game yet. He goes, no, I understand. That's he goes, the I'm worst just, thing. He goes, I'm just letting you guys know that, you know, the schedule's set. You know, here's your broadcast. Like, once again. Dude. It's been Rose Bowls. It's been Super Bowls. It's been scheduling national championship parades. We have, it's been booking World Series tickets. I can't be a part of looking at, and I understand you have to in this business because of logistics and quick turnaround. But part of me felt like the second Heilprin said, your position on Radio Row for Super Bowl week is set. I'm like, that's it. We're done. We're not going to win on Sunday. I felt so guilty on Saturday. uh, My wife and I were shopping at Costco. And we're walking around, and it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably should be like telling my wife that the Packers win the right. Super Bowl. I'm going to Miami. For not, a week. To, not to be like, she wakes up one day and I'm gone. So, you know, I wanted to let her know. So we're walking around Costco, and she asked me about the game. And she's got, I just have a feeling the Packers are going to win on Sunday. I go, well, I'm glad you have that feeling because if they do win, by the way, I'm going to Miami for Radio Row. And it was a surprise to her. And then as soon as I said I'm going to Miami if they win, yeah. I could feel, I just felt the jinx. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to But you had, you had to say it. Well, yeah, you have you to. You got to keep your significant other in the loop. Well, and you have to, Zach, I'm not mad at him. He's doing his job. He's the sports director. He's directing. That's what he did. Yeah. But as soon as he said to me, your guy's position is secured on Radio Row, I'm like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. I'm I, like, I can start talking. I felt talking. so guilty talking about it. I'm like, well, how long do pitchers and catchers report? Uh, 608-321-1670. I saw that uh, gif a lot, by the way, last said on Twitter. Well, let me ask uh, both of you guys. Our Twitter poll, which is uh, in the field at Zone Madison. Uh, we'll have some others going, but uh, first one, short and sweet. Uh, do you consider this season a success or a failure? I mean, you got to say it's a success, I guess, but <laughs> how many years have we been saying this? Oh, there's always next year for Aaron, well, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It would, go, it would be nine. We'll start start 2011 to now 2019. So nine nine you know, nine seasons. We've been it, saying it's that. a success just because it's a first year head coach and you know all the a first year head coach had never gone this far. First year head coach had never you know made the playoffs. Yada 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 for the Green Bay Packers. You can go down that road, but. How many years do we say this? You had Aaron Rodgers. The window's closing, if if not almost closed. What are you going to, you know, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. You're supposed but to be I winning think, Super Bowls. I think based on the reaction, at least during this show and Twitter of the regular season, I think there are a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, I think there are a certain number of Packer fans that are ready to be done with Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think the we have Aaron Rodgers in some Packer fans' eyes is the window thing that we're talking about. I, yeah. I think there are some. We had maniacs last week calling in or saying tr- they should be calling Cincinnati for the number one pick for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I got I some mean, tweets about that last night. People that need to be in some type of, speaking about rehab, I think some people are, uh, are cross-addicted on takes like that. So, yes, there are still some people that would say, Ebo, to your point, you have Aaron Rodgers, you're missing the window. But I think there is a group, and I don't know how, I don't know if it's a majority of Packer fans, there are certainly a number of, of Packer fans that no longer think Aaron Rodgers is the end all that in some fact he is what's bringing them down, whether it's the money that he makes, whether it's his age, whether it's, he's just no longer elite. I don't know that from 2011 to 2017, you're a hundred percent, right? It was Aaron Rodgers. We got the best player in the game. If we don't win a super bowl, it's a failure. The window's closing. I don't know how many people still think, feel that way about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't think the window of Aaron Rodgers is still on the table like it was three or four years well, ago. Well, if you're going to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers now that's um, looking like an, a game manager, I mean, he can manage a game all the way up to the NFC Championship game, we saw. It's the first year of the offense. they got to get more comfy together. It's the first year of a lot of things for the Packers in this offense. So I I, I assume there's only where to go but up. Well, I'm with you. I 100% but still believe I, in it. But I just I don't same. know how many people do. I also see that you know the writing on the wall in the time frame of Aaron Rodgers and his window is I think a lot closing a lot faster than we all thought. He even it said it last night after the game for the so, first time he really admitted that. Um, you know I got a tweet last night from my guy Bob. He said trade Rodgers for a decent return, use oh. the cap space to sign all the free agents, oh, including Philip Rivers, then draft oh. the quarterback of the oh, future. My God. He'll be back to business in less than a year. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. 
you know, if you if you're gonna have a game manager, wouldn't you want a guy named Aaron Rodgers who's your game manager? I was gonna say if that if if Aaron Rodgers is the game manager, I think we've got the great for the definition of game manager. I think we've got the greatest game manager in the history of the definition of the word. But I just wonder because you're right, Ebo. For for certainly when they lost in 2011 to the Giants, up until that eight year stretch ended. Uh, in the NFC Championship game in 2017, when they made the playoffs eight straight years, that seven-year window where they didn't make a Super Bowl, yes, from 2011 to 2017, it was absolutely, you're wasting Aaron Rodgers, the window is closing, you've got this once-in-a-generation talent that you've only got one Super Bowl with, what a waste. And Mike McCarthy, fair or unfair, took a lot of that brunt. I don't know, three years removed now from that, that you have that same vitriol yeah. from Packer Nation saying you're wasting Aaron Rodgers. I think at some level it's turned from Aaron Rodgers is wasting the Packers. And I, I think it? that's kind of insanity, no. but I think that's where it's at with some people. I was there's it's so funny to trigger people online. So I said I tweeted as Matt LaFleur wasting the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. Many are wondering. It was it's tongue in cheek sarcasm. A I lot picked of, that it was sarcasm. a lot of a lot of people got pretty upset over it on the the uh, Twitter sphere. Just don't worry, it's sarcasm. But now they're wondering is Aaron Rodgers wasting the start of Matt LaFleur's oh. prime? Spin zone. Aaron Rodgers Spin zone. is wasting Matt LaFleur's prime. No. <laughs> You got to think the offense though is only going to get better. It's the first year of a new offense for Aaron Rodgers. You know. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, but I, you know, I, I wonder. Uh, put that in the the file here of how many topics we can get in. Uh, is it at the level now where it's no longer the window is closing because you don't put Aaron Rodgers in that elite best player in the game category? I mean, dude, if you saw Patrick Mahomes yesterday, if you saw Lamar Jackson this season. If you see some of these young quarterbacks, I mean, some of these dudes. I mean, Mahomes is beyond filthy Mahomes. right now. Now, you could say if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win a Super Bowl in two weeks, are Kansas City wasting Patrick Mahomes? He's what Aaron Rodgers was seven, eight years ago. The question is, is Aaron Rodgers still at that level, or is it no longer the Packers are wasting Aaron Rodgers every year they don't win a Super Bowl? Well, at least it's an ending. We can move yeah, on. It's done, that's for sure. No mas. Uh, there will be no more Packer football to discuss uh, coming up uh, for quite a while as the Packers season has come to an unceremonious end at the hands once again of the San Francisco 49ers, the Let me NFC ask Championship game. Bye-bye. As Wisconsin sports fans, yeah. does this ending of the movie we saw last night surprise us? How many times we've we been compiling the list of getting just absolutely kicked in the nuts for years upon years and years, Miller? Does this surprise you, the ending of this movie no, of the 2019-2020 Packers? Well, so here's the thing. So I have a two, two-part answer to that, a question of a question, as it were. Um, there's First off, we know about <laughs> Mount Notice, right? Yep. And that's Nelson's uh, fictitious you know, mountain of people that's on his crap list. Uh, you kind of have a different thing. You you take the uh, Wisconsin as you know we're the the nut kicking state where yeah. we get so many. So there's that the Rochambeauing. Right. We have to come up with a nickname for your thing like Mount Notice. But here's the other thing: Do we distinguish between like I have a list of now 13 agonizing losses, but it's it's two different or is it two different questions? Because last night wasn't really a close game. It was a bludgeoning, but it was still the game to go to the Super Bowl, so yeah. it still hurts. Does that equate to, say, the 2014 NFC Championship game where Oof. you had your soul ripped out, right? Uh, you know, you can go to the Rose Bowl this year, which was agonizing, but yeah. does it, you know, you didn't win a championship. You would still say you were champion of the Rose Bowl. So does that ha- does it have to be a close loss and mean something? Like the Duke National Championship game was for the championship. That one play didn't end the game, but a lot of people would say once the officials, what I say, clearly got the call wrong on Justice Winslow, there was still a couple of minutes left in the game. But does that rise to the level of, say, oh, I don't know, the NLCS last year or two years ago where there was still nine outs to go? Had the Dodgers hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth, does that hurt worse than the slow burn of blowing the game, which was tied going into the sixth sure. inning, where the Dodgers eventually just ran away with it in the later innings? So, so I usually, I, for you, yeah, 
Does this? Does it matter? Does the nut kicking matter? Does it have to be a close loss or any of these thirteen that I've put on this list? Some are close losses. Some are just losses in big games. Are they all the same thing? You know, I usually equate getting you know kicked in the Wisconsin sports proverbial nuts as like a rip your heart out kind of thing at the end. Like you know, usually when you get kicked in the gonads, it's unexpected, right? You just you don't yeah you don't see it coming until unless you're those what you were the Shaolin monks who can retract yeah, their testicles. Yeah. but that's a whole. Usually don't time. see it coming until yeah. it's too late. Like the Rose Bowl, that was a total nut kicking. Um, Big time. The twenty, you know, against the NFC Championship game against the Seattle Seahawks, that was a nut kicking. Beyond nut kicking. Um, I could say the Duke game. You're, the Duke game was a nut kicking. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, yesterday, I was I was against it being a nut kicking, but when you're one game away from yeah, the Super Bowl and you have Aaron Rodgers, and you always talk about how Aaron Rodgers always has your best chance at a championship, and you're wasting his his window and blah 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 blah. I would I wouldn't say losing like that is a nut kicking, but if you take it into consideration of where you are as the NFC you know championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl, you're thirteen or fourteen and three at the time. I would say that is a nut kicking. It's just a different kind of nut kicking. Like they're 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 telling you it's going to happen. Okay, so whatever you're whatever. So I'm you comfortable with we, that being a nut kick. Okay, because I think I would because like, it's in a big stage. It's in a big yeah. moment. And again, I'm seeing people steal your gifts, steal your memes. So I would like to officially. That's on me. I should watermark it. Well, but I should. I'd like to officially come up with something here. Give Nelson credit, as goofy as it is. It his it is his yeah, thing. Notice and nobody anywhere. Is going to take mountain notice from Nelson. I feel like you know nut nut kick knob or something needs you know something for Ebo. Yeah, I'll th- I'll think of a name here. Someone just tweeted at me, uh, Kyle, that he says heartbreak alley. It's got to equate getting kicked in the gonads though. Right. So I'll, I'll think of it. By the way, speaking of mountain notice, Nelson, did anyone make mountain notice from yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I might need to update it. I haven't had time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, six zero eight three. I went to bed like right after the game. Is uh is Petten on mountain notice? Uh, he's a very good candidate for that. Does he spot. replace Gary? No. Was Gary? Did he even play yesterday? I don't recall. I don't remember him on the field. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was just watching. I didn't see Fackrell though. I was too busy sack. icing my nuts. I was just seeing Raheem Moster running wild. So, uh, all right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Let's go to Mike. Mike, welcome to the Joe Nebo Show. I would say good morning, fellas, but it isn't a good morning. Let me uh, let me put a few things into perspective here, and I uh, and bring everybody back down to earth. Okay, I'm as big of a Packer fan as there is, uh, but let me put this in perspective. I've been saying to you guys all year, the Packers are getting some luck going their way. This is not to take anything away from them. If you want my opinion, I think the Packers are a ten and sixteen. They're not a thirteen and three team. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that, everyone says, well, look what they did to the Seahawks in the playoffs. Let's let's remind ourselves of something. Guys, what produces a really good running game? A strong offensive line that can push two or three yards out, open the hole for the running back. What did the Seahawks not have? Their offensive line was gone, decimated. They had backups in there, and their two running backs were out. And that was still the Packers only beat them by five points. If the Seattle Seahawks would have had their line again, and those two running backs, I don't think the, the, the Packers would have beat them. Now, I'm putting this in perspective, guys, and let's, let's come back down to earth. The window for Rodgers is closing, and I don't care what anybody got, got, says, guys. He has regressed, and that's normal for his age. We've seen it with Peyton Manning. We saw it with Brett Favre. We see it with Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers will be 37 years old this coming season. And we're seeing it with Rodgers. This is all normal, guys. So the question is, what do we get? What do we have to do during the off season? And it's really obvious. They're going to have to shore up their run defense. They're atrocious. They were bad all year. They were bad all year, and we got lucky. We played the Vikings once without Dalvin Cook. Uh, we played the the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we we played uh, barely beat the decimated Detroit Lions two times. We were given gifts of penalties. In it. And I'm not saying anything against the Packers, guys, but all year long I wasn't really strong on believing that this team was going to go away. But then I said to Nelson, I said, I just got a feeling the Packers will win this game, but they didn't. But I, am I let down? Yes, but, but not surprised, guys. So, uh, Mike, is the, is the season a disappointment for you or is it a success? Um, it's a success compared to the last two years, but – they weren't. They were just a mirrored image, they, guys. There, there are teams. Here's what I want to say. Why is it? 
And you guys won it. Was it the 14 season when the Packers went down to Atlanta and got just blown out down 17. there? 17. Okay. Sorry, I said 14. You're, you're, you're good. You're fine. That right. was another beatdown. That was uh, when they that, blew it a to lot Seattle. of beatdowns. Right. There's a lot of nut kicking here, Mike, but go ahead. Well, right, right. So so now we got to start saying the defense. But, but Patton, you know, in the beginning of the year, the defense was better. And it seems like as the year went on, they just fell away. I, they, they just didn't have the, – the two Smith brothers were, were coming from the edges and they were putting great uh, pressure on the quarterback. But if there was any run game and that hole opened up, it's good night nurse, you know, and that's what happened. The hole – that that middle of that defense is so no, soft. No, Mike, you're def- the defense definitely wilted and and limped to yeah. the finish line. From Need how good that Viking game and that Bronco game and the first Bear game, those first three weeks, that defense looked like something we hadn't seen here in 15 years, and they were a very average defense down the stretch. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. So I mean, so you know, guys, it was it a disappointment. Yes, it was. Uh, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy because, you know, I'm a, a little bit of a conspiracy oh, we, theorist. Mike, we, we love, love that, it. We Mike. love it. Let me go down this road real fast. I don't want to take up your time. I appreciate you guys so much. Well, too. We appreciate you. Uh, uh, you know, look, we see what's happening in Major League Baseball. There's been scandals, cheating. Look at the point shaving in college basketball. The Chicago Black Sox and 100 years ago through a World Series. Guys, the Vegas, the money that the mob makes in, with points and everything is incredible. And I was just saying it's 100 years, and I thought the only reason the Packers were going to be in this is because I thought it was going to be a rematch between the first Super Bowl of the Chiefs and the Packers. And I thought if they were going to get in, it was yeah. going to be some finagling by the refs, which is what I was told by at my buddy's wedding in Reno four years ago by my buddy's wife's uncle who was a retired ref he was a little intoxicated <laughs> guys I swear to god this is a true story he said that a third of the refs are paid off and it's and they're because they have their own union and think about it he said the players have too much pride to throw a game the coaches would never do it but who's involved in it ownerships and the league of the refs because that's where the money's made i'm sorry guys i don't mean to say that on your show but you guys, it's You're not all good, brother. We're going to see all this stuff come out, guys. All this stuff's getting exposed in all the sports. It's coming Expose true. It. Expose, Expose the truth. The truth. Thank you, Sasquatch. You're the man. I always, and hey, even on Monday, I know it's Conspiracy Theory Friday. You can always work on a good conspiracy oh, theory. Oh, dude, I always do. Uh, I have Monday. the name for but the nut kicking, by the way. Okay, uh, hold that real quick because I will say this, Mike. Uh, if you believe in conspiracy theories, I would have to think the NFL would want Green Bay and Kansas City and yeah. to repackage Super, Super Bowl, Bowl one Because they're celebrating 100 years the, right now. I was just going to say, it's the 100th year, and they are going down memory lane and all the nostalgia. So, Mike, I love you, babe, but if there was ever a year the refs were going to be in on it to tank, this would be the year. You'd or, want, it, was, it was lined up for probably one of the highest-rated events ever. If you would have put Green Bay and Kansas City, Andy Reid, former Packer coach, Mahomes, Rodgers, changing of the guard, no. Super Bowl one, there might not have ever been better Super Bowl storylines than this one. So I think the NFL, if they wanted it, would have probably had their druthers to get the Packers also, in the Super Bowl. I mean, insurance companies could be one of the biggest scams, if not the biggest scam, when it comes to money-making schemes in America. I know you're going with this, and you're right. If if it was rigged, which, you know, conspiracy theory a little bit, State Farm, what's their end goal? To get money from everyone. Yeah. Insurance insurance companies, you pay for insurance, yet they never want to cover you when something happens. They just want your money, obviously. State Farm wanted Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, their two biggest yeah. stars in the in the main game, for the publicity to fleece their pockets. There's another conspiracy theory that didn't come true. I wish it would have come true. I want anything to get the Packers in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't have cared. All right, so uh, you, you said you have a name. I mean, you sure you're going to rush this? I mean, this no, is like No, I was like, thinking about it because Mike, Mark, Mark, Mike sparked something in my brain. What is something we know year in and year out when it comes to Wisconsin sports? We get kicked in the nuts, right? Yep. It's a continuous thing. It's, what if we call it the nut kick continuum? Because <laughs> it's, it's, continu- it's, it's always continuing. We're always getting kicked in the goodies. As Wisconsin sports fans, hell, we just saw it in the Rose Bowl. We got it last night in the NFC Championship game. It's the nut kick, con- the nut kick continuum, because it's, it's forever continuing. It's 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 ongoing, Miller. It's not bad. The, the nut, nuck, the nut, the nut kick continuum. Well, let me ask you, Nelson. How did uh, because this is kind of your your thing? Kind of started this. How did uh, 
How did Mount Notice, how did you come up with the, the name and the concept? And can you take us through the, uh, the genesis of Mount Notice? And going back and looking at it, it was just not happy with some of the performances of players or coaches. And uh, it started out as, you know, on notice, as in I'm watching. Like, <laughs> they need to be evaluated. I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching. I always feel like. Nelson, is the rumor true that one of the first people on Mount Notice was your own family members? No. No? I believe the first person to ever go on Mount Notice is Greg Gard. <laughs> I think I can verify that. Mm. How, so the notice wasn't the, so the the concept came before the name, and then Mount Notice. You just kind of you kind of it kind of funneled into Mount Notice. Yeah. Then I was like, how can I represent this? Okay, probably four people because I think at the time I had Greg Gard, and there was a few others, so I you know need like four different God, spaces. Who's the second person? Mount Rushmore happens to have four different places and its faces. It just seemed like it was a, a good marriage. So as the inventor then about notice, do you have any suggestion or ideas for Ebo and his, his well, nut kicking situation? Ours is always uh, always evolving and always happening. It's uh, it's a continuum. The, the nut kick continuum. Not, I, I think it's a great idea. I'm, I'm, I don't think I it's a, get the guy who started. I it feel like guy. if Ebo can't really do like a mount notice because there's there's too many, he'd almost right. have to do like a collage. Yeah, it's like a collage. That's why it's a continuum. It's the like nut, the nut kicking continuum. And yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we want this to end. But, you know, if, God forbid, Giannis leaves Milwaukee this summer, that you would have to say that's a kick in the nuts Yo, to us totally a kick in the nuts, yeah. If, uh, you know, Badger basketball somehow goes on some incredible run here in the next two months and takes a dump in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament, that, that goes on is, it. Is that a nut kick, though? I mean, that's well, something what, that— If they go 12-1 and one the next 13 yeah, games okay. and become a three-seed— and lose to a 14 seed know, in the first round, which you could totally see happening. I could. Right now. That would absolutely be a nut kick. Right now, I kind of expect the Badgers to get bounced out of the first or the second round in the NCAA tournament. Well, now, I'm saying if they... What if, if they, they were to go on a th- yeah, yeah, big run. What if they go 10-2 and two to end the regular season? And they're the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. And yeah, they get that a, would be a They get a three kick. or a four seed in March Madness, and they lose to a 14 seed in the first round. That would go on nut kick continuum. The, I like that. The nut kick continuum. It's your thing. I mean, it's whatever you want it to be. I'm, that's, a good, I'm, I'm, that's sticking for me right now. Unless right. someone else can think of something better. If you have another suggestion, again, last night, 2018 NLCS, 2019 NBA Eastern Conference Finals, 2019 Wild Card, 2015 National Championship game in college basketball, 2014 NFC Championship it's a continuum. Game. 2011 division round in the NFC playoffs. I could go on and on. The nut kick continuum. Do you have another suggestion? <laughs> I love it. It never ends. How about that Who's one, Chris Bono? The badass Bono Brigade. What do you think? Sounds good. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> good morning, Coach. Uh, how we doing, Coach? Good. What's going on, guys? Everything good? Well, you know, know like, relatively speaking, tough loss yesterday, but, you know, life goes on. The sun did get up today, rise today, and I got out of bed, and, you know, life goes on, Coach. Hey, I'll tell you, that's the problem. You know, we're coming off a loss, too. And uh, the thing about athletics and sports, man, there's the, the highs are not as high as the lows are the lows. So, you know what I mean? When we win, it's all fun. But when we lose, boy, it is, um, it's, like a, it's like death. You know what I mean? So we've got to try to balance that. So try to balance your Monday with, uh, you know, something positive today and see, see what, uh, how, how can we look at the positives and get on with it. Coach, well, what, what, would you tell your, what would you tell your guys coming into practice today? What would be a positive thing for them to focus on this week? Well, I'll tell you what. It's about, it's about, again, responding, right? And, you know, it's not the end of the world. Everything we're doing right now for us is a preseason. You know, all these dual meets and everything is just a preseason. That Big Ten tournament comes. That's, that's when you've got to be at your best, and that's when we've got to figure out how to beat these guys in the conference. And then, uh, you know, that postseason is about the only thing that really, truly is uh, measured here and what we are uh, evaluated on. So, uh, at the end of the day, what's that number by your name? March 21st or whatever that is before – before your name, what is that number? And we're all shooting to have that number one before it. Well, and that's a great point. Uh, visiting with Badger Wrestling Coach Chris Bono. And there's a lot of parallels, uh, Coach, to winter sports here. Wisconsin wrestling, Wisconsin basketball, right? The regular season, we love our highs and lows. And we love our dual mates. And Friday night was a great atmosphere. I'm glad I was a part of it. But much like the, the, the basketball team, you're measured by what you do in March. And for people who don't follow the sport, it's the exact same thing. Because, you know, you start this season back in November – but fair or unfair, it comes down to two weekends in March, doesn't it? The Big Ten Championships, March 7th and 8th, and then the NCAA Championships, uh, March 19th through the 21st. 
It sure does. I think you. I think you. Um, you said it, the exact truth there. We love our dual mates, right? We love them. Our fans love them. We love them. We love packing that place. We love performing, and they do matter. Uh, I think we've got to make them matter more in our sport, but they do matter, and we love them. And uh, you know what I mean? It's great entertainment. It's great for our guys to compete. But at the bottom line, when you show up at that national tournament in Minneapolis in the uh, you know that second weekend of March. Um, that's that's when you've got to be able to compete, and that's when you've got to be able to. Uh, and you know, I hate to say it, but that's when you've got to be able to win um, at all costs. Well, let's go back to Friday night. Uh, we were out there again for the pregame. Great atmosphere. Shout out to all the fans who uh, who braved the uh, the elements to get there. And another, you know, top five battle for you guys, coaching another one. Nelly and I were just talking during the break before you came on. I mean, you look at a couple of those matches: one forty nine, one fifty seven. Maybe have your starter at 184. I mean, gosh, again, so close with another top five program. I mean, unfortunately, you didn't win, but I guess if there's a silver lining, you know you can hang with these great teams, can't you? Uh, we can hang with anybody in the country, you know, but that's that's not why we're in here, you know, training and sweating and, and getting after it. You know, we want to win. Anytime there's a score kept, we want to win. Um, and we didn't win, and, you know, it, you're right, 49 and 57, man, we, we thought we could get We had to get those. Um, and then 84, obviously, we, we are wrestling without a starter. But, you know, make no excuse, uh, excuses. Tyler Dow is very capable of winning. And um, so, so regardless, right, we just didn't do what we, we needed to do. We did, you know, we were status quo. We won the ones we were supposed to. Um, and then we lost the ones we were supposed to. But the disappointing thing, too, is all the bonus points we gave up. Um, that's, that's just, um, you know, you lose, you lose, right? I get that guy's better than you. But when you're not out there and you're getting outworked and you're getting outfought, um, that's not a staple of our program. So uh, that's the stuff we got to correct is the fight, the hustle, the effort, the attitude. And, um, you know, we got two weeks to do it before we hit a road trip to Indiana. And our boys will be better here in two weeks, no doubt about it. Hey, Coach, when, uh, I'm looking at Wisconsin Wrestling on Facebook, and they got a quote from you saying, uh, I want them to feel this loss. It doesn't feel real good. And to know that as a team, they were trying to battle to win a trophy and whatnot. How long do you want your team to feel a loss before they move on? What do you want them to think about yeah, after every a loss? Every day. Every day. I want them to know how. You know, when I drove home that night, I, went, I was I felt pretty terrible. You know what I mean? When I when I came in today, I felt pretty terrible. You know what I mean? I mean, when you start when I watched the film uh, the other day, I felt pretty terrible. You know what I mean? So so you got to mm-hmm. feel it. You got to know what it's like. I mean, when you walk out of that locker room, how did you feel? You know what I mean? Some guys felt okay. They wrestled pretty well. But when you look at the overall team, um, you know what I mean? We had a great crowd, man. We've got a great year going on, and we walked out of there. Um, with a, with a, with a loss, so I think you've got to you got to balance it, right? I think that you've got to train, um, and when you when you have a big win, you've got to feel it. The end of practice, how did it feel to win? How does it feel to lose? Right? You want those yeah. feelings again, and what what, what 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 do you do to make sure you have the good feelings versus the bad feelings? So hey, I, I you know what I mean? Losing's part of it, right? I, nobody's ever gone undefeated. Nobody's ever undefeated in anything they've ever done. Uh, so losing is part of it. How you respond? How do you learn from it? Um, it's something that you've really got to try to take away. And then your attitude, um, you come in here and if, if these guys' heads are down today, you know what I mean? I, I, we, we've got to find somebody that wants to be positive, but be, get better and, uh, and then be willing to compete. We've got to be able to go out there and compete. I love it, Coach. I was uh, about to get another yeah. cup of coffee. Yeah, I don't need one yeah, no more. He, he Fire me up, Coach. Up. Uh, visiting with our guy, Badger, head wrestling coach, Chris Bono. We talked about this uh, on, on our pregame segment with you on Friday, Coach, on the Wisconsin Wrestling Show, uh, brought to you, of course, by our great friends over at Starbacher Wrestling Academy, in that you kind of you got a two-week break now, right? It's kind of like a little mini pause in the season. You're not up again until January 31st when you're at uh, Indiana, and then you go a back-to-back road trip there with Purdue. You do the Indiana two-step in a couple weeks. What do you do on this time off here? I mean, do you do you reevaluate goals? Do you stick to the plan? Do you give a break? I mean, how do you take this two weeks and take advantage maybe of this two weeks off? There is no reevaluating goals. You know what I mean? Our dreams, our goals are right in front of us. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world, right? We took, we lost. We lost to a team that was better than us. It's not the end of the world. Um, we're going to train. You know, we don't have when we hit this Big Ten season. We don't have many training days. So for us to have 11 days, I think, between our competition now, we've got a lot of training days ahead of us. The guys start school tomorrow. It's about getting back into the routine with new classes and different schedules. Uh, It's a perfect break for them. But we're going to work hard. Um, This is really our last training phase before we get to, you know, the the first week of March where we have another week off. So, um, you know, training days are valuable. There's not many of them left. So we've got a bunch of them in a row here. You know, we're going to grind it out and we're going to try to get in a little bit better shape and get a little better technically and get a little get a little healed up and get better mentally. So it's a great opportunity to get better here in, in all phases of our sport. And what I love, Coach, going back to the schedule, uh, final couple minutes here, is, you know, you do this one last road trip, Indiana-Purdue on a Friday-Sunday, 
Then you don't leave the friendly confines of the Fieldhouse again until the Big Ten tournament. What a great schedule. Uh, and look, obviously some monster opponents. Doesn't get any bigger than Penn State. You know, on, on February 7th, Michigan pulled a big upset over the weekend over Minnesota. They're home on February 16th. You got to love how this schedule lines up for you guys that you close out. You basically have a month's worth of dual meets in the month of February in Madison. Yeah, again, all part of the plan. We were on the road, remember, the whole first semester. And I did that just so we could make sure we were, we're at home the whole last month. And that's very, very important, like I said, because there's no travel. You know, when you travel, that's two days you're missing out on training. You know, you got to get there a day before the match, and then you, the day after the match, and then you need a day to recover when you come. You're missing two days for every dual meet of actual getting on the mat and training. When we can wrestle at home, we eliminate those two travel days. Guys are comfortable. Guys can still go to class. You know, it's very, very important this last month of the season to feel good. We can have our treatment. We don't miss treatment. And, and um, you know, once we um, we get through this last month, we're going to be rested, ready to roll, and uh, feeling really good about ourselves heading into, into the conference tournament. Hey, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, enjoy the 11 days. Get them focused up, Coach, and we'll uh, we'll talk Hoosiers and uh, Boilermakers here in a couple of weeks. All right, let's go. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks, you, buddy. Coach. There he is. Okay, uh, always guys. fiery. He's the man. Love that him. dude. Badger head man, Chris Bono. Uh, do you need your coffee? You good? No, man, I'm fired up now. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind a cup of coffee, but Bono gets me going, man. Yeah. He's, I mean, an, he's inspirational. It does help to talk about you, it. You got to talk Painful. it out. Yeah. Um, let me ask both of you guys. So again, we're, you know, the first quarter, uh, the Packers have that opening drive going, you know, you stall a little bit, San Francisco counters and then scores seven, nothing. I mean, like I, at the end of a quarter, I can't be too mad at seven, nothing. The Packers had shown that they could move the ball. They did get a couple of stops. They had forced 49ers to punt. So, I mean, look, you're on the road. You knew you're going to get that initial surge and then you just got to weather the storm. So I was fine fine at seven nothing as in fine not that I'm like happy that I thought the game was still very much there for the taking at seven nothing you knew or at least I figured San Francisco is going to come out with a house of fire you got to just weather that initial storm keep it close and then make your run so at seven nothing going in the second quarter you're you're right in the game right definitely where did it turn for you both (laughs) where you say now it's it's oh. untenable. Where I mean, was it before the half? Yeah. Did, was it? I mean, was it twenty-seven nothing? Was it twenty nothing? Like, where did you say? Now it's probably over. It, Is that seven nothing after a quarter? You're not happy. Rogers had made a couple of bad plays. Uh, the offensive line had made a. But you're still. I mean, you had moved. You had the one drive going where you'd worst were on the fringe of field sure. goal. You were moving the ball, and the, Jones had a couple of nice runs. So it looked promising after the end of the first quarter it was somewhere in the second quarter when um uh, Mossard had, had ran it in the end zone for his I think it was his third when was his third touchdown it was somewhere in the second quarter where it was 20 to nothing and I thought to myself all right I'm getting a little concerned I'm getting a little worried about it and then once they went up 27 to nothing I said to myself I think it's over I think we're done what about you Rowdy Mine was I can pinpoint it in the second quarter. It was when San Francisco was leading seventeen to nothing, and uh, on this drive they ended up going down and kicking a field goal. But it was more telling to me that on that drive, I believe it was a Mossert uh, run where I think he busted it for like ten, fifteen yards. Mm-hmm. But it was where he ran right past Zadarius Smith, and Zadarius Smith turned, and when he was turning to trail him. It was like the laziest jog I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And then Mossert made a couple moves where if he would have been running hard, he would have tackled them for like eight yards. But there was just no effort from the leader in your defense when you're down 17 nothing. That allowed him to go kick a field goal, and it was 20 nothing. I knew right there it was over. Yeah, was it? They kicked the field goal with just under two minutes left, right? Wasn't it like 157? Oh, in the game? Yeah. That's three minutes. And then... Um, 242. That field goal, I that field goal I got nervous. And then well, it was 20 to nothing. And then with like what 45 seconds left, Mossert ran for his his third touchdown. And I said to myself, it's over. Three plays, 30 yards. Like, when I saw when I saw done. Zadarius Smith not giving effort, and that's supposed to be the captain. How is the rest of the defense gonna play? All right, 608 321 1670. Where was the spot? Where you said, you know, now it's done. Uh, 
To me, I said it. Rodgers kept it, fumbling it, it. It was the 20s. Yeah, well, to me, it was the Corey Lindsley snapping nuts. off his ball sack. I don't blame Rodgers for that one. It was a terrible snap, but whatever. If he has his hands on he should get it. But you're about to go in. You're inside the 20-yard line. You score there. It's 20-7. to seven. You hold them at the half. You get the ball in the second half. They score, which they did. To me, the swing work, you could go from 20 to 14 to 27 nothing. That's to me where the game ended. That fumble and ensuing 49er touchdown, they get the ball back yeah. with only uh what? Three minutes and thirty-three seconds. That was the in one in a twenty nothing game where it's about to be tw- even even twenty-seven, it's still a half to go and you get the ball. So that to me, that fumble in the game. I think the fumble for was foreshadowing of us getting kicked in the nuts again. And it was, was off his ball set. Yeah, was when he hiked it right that's into his a good nutsack. Point. That's that's when I was foreshadowing getting kicked in the goal. Every heads. good movie they do some type of for yeah, all the great movies is foreshadowing. We sh- it, this is a movie. We should have paid attention. Uh, Mitch and Madison, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Hey, fellas, Joe, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it was, you know, I'm watching it with a bunch of people, and it's like, all right, we're finally getting, we're finally doing something, we're finally driving, and you get the snap and the fumble, and then it's over. You know. Yep. yep. I mean, you go from that's a 17-7 game, Mitch. You maybe the defense is invigorated. You hold them. You come out with a house of fire in the second half. I mean, that could have been a 17-14 game. Midway through the third quarter, now it's game on. Instead, it's twenty-seven nothing, and the thing's over before it starts. Yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of a glass half full on this overall. Anyway, I didn't expect him to beat the Niners, and I think if you're gonna blame anybody, it's just again it shows the incompetence of Ted Thompson. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can only Lafleur can only do so much. Goody can only do so much. You know, and when I think uh, they shore up a couple spots, I think next year. Will be real nice. Up and I've been a Kevin King apologist for a few years now, but he got exposed. Yeah, yeah. he got ran over, over and over, and he got burned a couple different times. And I, I don't know. That just that that worries me a little bit. But I, I don't know. I, as they say, trust the process. And I think next year, um, I, I think next year will be looking pretty Mitch, good. Mitch, Mitch, let me ask you: Was this season a success or a failure? Oh, a definite success. Uh, you, they had to clean up. They had to clean up the locker room for the uh, what happened with McCarthy and all that. And you know, bottom line is the roster uh, was not as talented as some of the higher tier teams. That's a fact. Yeah. And that was Ted Thompson's doing. And you can't, as they what are they, also they say Rome wasn't built in a day, and it's just going to take a little bit. Um, to get them back to to championship form, and yeah, Rodgers may be regressing, but remember, uh, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. Yeah, the noodle arm. <laughs> yeah, he, with the Broncos, that was that that was a he was not good, and Rodgers is much better than that. So if they can keep uh, adding pieces around him, shore up that defense, uh, there's no reason why next year we yeah. can't be back to where we were at this year, or even better. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, thank you, appreciate Mitch. It, I appreciate it. That's yeah, the one I thing mean, about the Packers, though. How many how many years have we been talking about to shore up the defense? Isn't that hasn't that been the same thing we've said year in and year out since 2010 to shore up the defense? Well, I'm I'm kind of at a, and look, we we're just day one of this. We got weeks and months I need to unpack wide receivers. Yeah. And, well, we have. I was just gonna say, yeah, we have weeks and months to unpack this. You know, and the the question to Mitch and what you're saying's point is, yes, how many years in a row has free agency and the draft been about defense? We think we finally have it. So now is the offseason we're going on offense. But why is the reason we lost the game yesterday? It was because the defense couldn't stop a backup running back who set an NFL record in the playoffs. So (laughs) do you just chalk it up to a bad day? Or do you say, yeah, the defense has gotten better, but it still ain't there. I mean, do we got to go? I mean, if we do another draft of defense, 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 I don't think I have it in me. What's what 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 have we been talking about the defense all year that their big Achilles heel wasn't it the rush defense? Yes. How many times did Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball again yesterday? Eight. Eight times. The 49ers went out there and said, "We're going to run the ball. Try and stop us." That's what kills me about yes. That's what kills me. And you know what they stopped? Nothing. They didn't stop a thing. No. I'm with you. 608-321-1670. Gavin, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Hey, boys. Are we uh, recovering from that nut kick last night, Evo? <laughs> I mean, my goodies hurt a little bit, Gavin, but um, 
I don't know. I'm used to it now. I think is that is that okay? My nuts just just always hurt. I'm used to it. Yeah, you know, it's not anything similar to what 14 was. The thing that about last night that kind of hurts is, is the nut kick came so early. I mean, uh, from the get go, like Kyle Shanahan just ran up and just smashed right in the nuts, like right from the beginning of that game, guys. Yep. Um, and I'm going to get more to that in a second because the biggest uh, discrepancy last night to me wasn't between the talent of the teams, even though. San Fran is obviously the more talented team if you look at, at the overall team. But to me, guys, it was it was more coaching. Uh, first to Rodgers, guys. You know, you watched that game last night, and, and the biggest thing with Rodgers now is is he's a pocket passer. Um, he, he just doesn't have the legs that he used to to get away from guys and be able to run. Uh, they're going to have to treat this like, like New Orleans with, with uh, Drew Brees, who was never a running guy, but... The Packers need to build more around Rodgers, guys, and realize he's a pocket passer. He just doesn't have the legs that he used to, and and so that's on, on Rodgers, guys. As far as the off season goes, uh, the Packers need to need to hit like they did last year, guys. They need to treat the wide receiver and the linebacking positions kind of like they did with outside linebacker and safety. Um, they need to completely shore that up. I mean, we've been talking about pass catchers all year, guys, mm-hmm. but that front seven, Ebo, I mean. The Packers gave up more rushing yards before contact than any team has in the in the history of the NFL in that first half. <laughs> I mean that it's unacceptable, guys. And so that's to my bigger point, and that's Mike Pettin. Um, to me, guys, what happened last night is just unacceptable. No matter what talent you have on the field, and, and guys, I was having flashbacks to Dom Capers those San Francisco games with with Colin Kaepernick, where where it was like he had never seen a running quarterback before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to watch what happened and to not adjust at all and continue to play nickel and, and dime coverages when the Niners are completely just running it down your throat, it, there was no adjustments made. Gavin, Mossert ran it 29 times. They, I mean, they were begging them to stop him, and they couldn't. There were guys, guys, on the Niners' sidelines who were just laughing. I mean, they... they and from the get-go, guys, you saw it on that one. I think it was third and eight, and, and they were on, what, the Packers' 35-40 yard line. And Petten put our coverage in the most obvious pass coverage I've seen, guys. And Shanahan called the run, and, and it, you could have drove a Mack truck through that. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, Shanahan absolutely knew what we were going to do. And the, the, what he did last night to Petten, which to me is just unacceptable, I, I don't know if Nelly's put Petten on Mount Notice yet, guys, but to me, uh, he's up there after that game last night. You you cannot do that, but I regress, guys. Uh, have a good one, boys, and we'll talk later. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it'll be, it'll I, be okay. I, I feel you, Gavin. Gavin, there's a gasp. <sighs> well, I mean, look, the, the, it's it's embarrassing. The, the Jimmy Garoppolo that they just refused to throw the ball. Like, it, it was almost like a running... It is almost like a running joke. Now, I didn't see players laughing, but I, I mean, I can't say that I didn't see it. Um, I, I mean, he they were just... They were like... Kyle Shanahan's like, under no circumstance do you throw the ball. Like, we're just going to run it. How did the Packers not see that coming? That's what kills me about the game. Fumbles, interceptions, lack of talent. We can all talk about that. Out coaching. Just, how do you not see that? Well, they saw That's it 29 times me. from one guy, Raheem Mostert, and you know what they did about it? Nothing. I thought walking in, you know, Rodgers, I think, finally starting to realize his football mortality, and he said it, how special this was. He said it over and over uh, that this was one of the most special games he's ever played in. He's, the guy's played in Super Bowls. and many, But I think he finally realizing that his football mortality is here, I just felt like, Ebo, they were going to be different. But Friar Tuck's right. I didn't see the ferociousness from Green Bay that I saw from San Francisco. And Green Bay had to know the 49ers were going to want to come out like gangbusters and put them down and that that place was going to be whack-jobbed out with the fans and Jerry Rice doing that 100-yard. By the way, no, for a 57-year-old yeah. man, that was pretty impressive. He still fumbled it, though. Uh, he definitely though. fumbled it. But how did I mean to Father Tuck's uh, or Friar Tuck's point? I I'm with you. I didn't feel the urgency and it was the kill or be killed mentality from Green Bay that I thought San Francisco came out of the blocks with. They were gonna say we're gonna kill you or die trying, and Green Bay, it felt like they were just trying to hang on there well, at the beginning. Dude, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times. Mostert 
carried it 29 times. They literally, the fire and the passion from the Niners went out there. They said, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to make you try and stop us. The Packers never even tried to stop them. They got absolutely annihilated. Mostert averaged 7.9 yards a carry. Like, you're not stopping anybody. This is a guy that was, who who is this guy? Wasn't he an undrafted journeyman? Yep. He mastered. He apparently did. You, if you caught it, who is I, this guy? I, well, during the broadcast, Whose man's is I don't this? know if it was Balk or Aikman, one of the sideline reporters, were talking about how he had to like beg to be on special teams, and Shanahan thought he was such a good grinder and worker and special teamer that they they kept him around so he could play special teams, and then he parlays that into that. So I mean, the it's Packers, incredible. The Packers lacks so much. I don't ever want to question their heart and their passion out there, but literally the Niners did one thing and one thing only ran the football and said, stop us. They didn't, they couldn't stop anything. Nelly could have toted the rock back there and probably gained eight yards of carry. I, it's not, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I could have, and I'm a straight, I'm a, I'm 160 pounds. Dude, it was, it was embarrassing kind of, wasn't it? I felt, I feel embarrassed for him a little bit. They got, yeah, the running. I mean, again, Jimmy Garoppolo had a if lead. Jimmy Garoppolo had 285 yards and Raheem Mostert had 150 yards and George Kittle had nine catches for 110 yards and they just were an all-around better team, there's nothing you can do with that. Jimmy Garoppolo attempted eight passes and eight. the 49ers beat the – that's what's the embarrassing part yeah, about last eight. night. The, the Niners went one-dimensional and just pummeled. The Packers. Well, how long do you think you have to watch the 49ers run it right down your throats before you get out of your nickel and dime and sub packages? Apparently the whole game. That's exactly what it was. I don't think I ever saw them in a base defense. It was like, just it was just a bludgeoning. Think about how they tried to run it right down your throat. If you watched the game before that between the Chiefs and the Titans, you had the Chiefs using goal line formation against the Titans because they knew they were going to give Derrick Henry the football. Well, the Chiefs were just, they're just so much more creative offensively. And look, I'm not going to, Matt LaFleur didn't have his best day again. Dude. He's a first-year coach. I don't know, did Andy Reid, his first year with the Eagles, have his best season? Maybe, maybe not. You know, am I going to bury Matt LaFleur? No. I did win 14 games as a rookie. But yes, to Nelson, to your point, watching the offense of the Chiefs yesterday well, Andy versus Reed, watching the offense of the Packers, that that that's not even that's not even a fair fight. Andy Reid is coaching inspired now because they know if they win the Super Bowl, they'll get fast food when they get to the White House. Like that's why he's coaching so that's passionately. Good, now. I mean, you definitely know you're getting Big Macs. Yeah, I mean, you some know people you're want filet mignon or rack of lamb. No, no, no. My man Ar is getting you know a a Big Mac with uh, with extra. Why sauce. do you think Andy Reid's been bringing it this year? Because they get fast food when they get <laughs> to the White House. That's a fair point. That's why. But no, I mean, look, did, I mean, in all seriousness, because Patrick Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers a decade ago, and maybe that's what the Packers' offense was a decade ago when Rodgers was putting up forty-five touchdowns every year and winning, you know, back-to-back MVPs well, and looking like the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Patrick Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers from ten years ago. I mean, you try to get creative. What was that play where it was like a double flea flicker back to Rodgers, and then they passed it for like two yards? What was that? It was goofy, but I will say this. San Francisco, one of the biggest gash plays was a double reverse to Debo Samuel. How did yeah. you, I mean, that was a goofy, gimmicky gadget play when they're already winning, and it, it worked. Question they, for it, you guys. They, he got 50 <laughs> yards on a poorly conceived double reverse. Yeah, yeah, the 49ers were just laughing at Green Bay running the football. Go ahead. No. Down 17 to nothing. If Brett Favre was quarterback, do you think they either come back and win the game or they lose fifty to seven? Well, we're, it, you know what other. you know what it was. It's the Ram. It's when it was when they ran into the greatest show on turf, and Favre had like eight. He set the NFL record for interceptions because Favre just said, "I'll give him credit." <laughs> yeah. Brett Favre never cared about stats. I'll give him credit. Now, to your question, old gunslinger went down firing because he threw six interceptions in that game, and like, Kurt Warner and the and what did we and see the, the Rams ran the him out of the gym that day, dinking and dunking All down the. the like, Almost the whole game until the very like, last quarter. Try yeah, but is, is that Rodgers conserving his stats? Is that Lafleur being conservative as a rookie, or is it the Packers' know. receivers suck that much? I mean, you saw Rodgers on cork one down to Devonte Adams. But that's Devonte Adams. I'm like, saying. When I saw Rodgers throw was... a pick at the end, I was not. I'm not going to say I was happy, but I was glad to see that he was throwing it downfield because he started throwing it downfield late. Why weren't they at least attempting that when they were down? I don't know, seventeen nothing, twenty nothing. 
Why do we have to 20, wait till it's well, 27 to nothing? I think, I, I, by the way, our sports director, Zach Halpern's coming up. He's uh, just boarding a plane in Frisco to head back home. It's a great question, Nelson. I cannot wait to ask him that because I have been on that Mike McCarthy train, and now you're one of my biggest criticism, if there is one, is in this NFL where offenses are set up to win and quarterbacks are set up to be protected and wide receivers are set up to win every one-on-one matchup with pass interference, why in that world you would not just throw the ball 10 times downfield and say, worst case, it's going to be intercepted, and that's like the same as a punt. We got maybe a quarter chance to get a pass interference call. We'll at least get an illegal contact and get the automatic first down. Or, hell, we might actually complete the pass. I don't understand in this day and age why any team wouldn't throw 10 at least 50-yard bombs a game. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. This might be a super unpopular opinion, especially in Packer Nation. Well, you, after you're going, no stranger to those. After going 14-4, <laughs> and four basically, this season as a rookie head coach, I'm going to tell you, I think the Packers need to bring in a new D.C. and a new O.C. and have that O.C. call Well, what play. was the guy, the old Civil War general, Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> I, did you ever even hear about that guy? He came from the Jags. Who the hell is Nathaniel Hackett? And you're like, you're bringing in the offensive coordinator from the Jacksonville Jaguars? Right. Well, I mean, if you look at what... Did you have, seriously, how many TV broadcasts this year do you think over-under Nathaniel Hackett's name was mentioned on a Packer broadcast more than three times this year? I bet you I never heard the guys maybe once against since the Bear after game. He was brought in and, yeah. and they when said, did you oh, ever hear Nathaniel about the Packers Hackett offensive before. coordinator? Never. Who is the guy? I'd see his people would see his picture flash up on the screen be like, who in the hell is that guy? Right. But that's, they need to bring in a legit offensive coordinator. I agree. You asked a rookie head coach not only to call plays, but to coach a team. Something he's only called offensive plays for one year prior, and he'd never been an offense or he's never been a head coach. You need to get a legit well, offensive coordinator because LaFleur's offensive history hasn't been that great. He actually, in the two seasons that he's been in OC last season, he actually made Tennessee's offense worse than what it was the prior year. And if you actually look at pure numbers, the Packers' offense was a little worse this year than it was under stagnant old Mike McCarthy. Well, I was going to say, as, a, as one of the uh, fan club founding members. And I like, I thought he did a great job managing the team and the players. I just think they need a legit yeah, OC. Offense is just questionable. Well, okay, so McCarthy, when he first was here, was the play caller. Then he wasn't. Then he took it, they back, took it back. And then towards the end, he gave it back again. Like, were the Packers, like, I believe... The pinnacle, obviously, of Green Bay and McCarthy and Rodgers and Thompson was 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Who was calling the plays for the Packers in 2000? Was McCarthy or did he defer to an offensive coordinator those two years? I know at the end, but I think that was more of saving jobs and saving face and everything had lost. And I didn't agree. I thought McCarthy shouldn't have given away at the end, but I think that was more of politics at the end. I want to know when they were hot. Uh, And even 14, because they should have won. From 2010 to 2014, who was calling the plays for the Packers? In 2010, I know Joe Philbin was calling the plays for the Packers. And then... um, Like the 2011, the 15-1 year, 2014, they went 12-4. and Rodgers won the MVP. Those were the three best years Aaron Rodgers ever ever had. Joe Philbin was in on it. Mike McCarthy, Joe Philbin, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they'd have their meetings every week, and they'd... They'd plan out their their. So maybe the Packers do need it, to Nelson's point. Maybe they need to hire a guy, and LaFleur just needs to be the CEO. You can, you know, have a say in everything, but maybe he they need a true... Because this guy, Nathaniel, that guy wasn't the offense. You never even heard of him. <laughs> tell me, I'm serious, Ebo. Tell me a broadcast. You watch, name one time where Joe Buck... Or Troy Aikman Never. referenced Nathaniel the Hackett. The only time we ever referenced Nathaniel Hackett is when we wanted to do a Civil War reenactment right. when we first heard his name in preseason. He sounded like, you sounded know, like he was, a Union right. general. He sounded like a Revolutionary War hero who battled back the British, yeah. you know, and he be, you know, he declared independence and his name should be on the declaration. Well, he should not be the know, offensive coordinator for the Packers. Apparently, when you were a Civil War general, you got one shot in your musket, <laughs> and that's all that Hackett's offense was, was one shot. I don't know, man. I, do, do we just suspend all further trips to uh, the West Coast? 0 for 3, the Packers. Mm, 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 mm. Badgers lose the Rose Bowl. Uh, Do we just shut down any further travel to the state of California? They cut off my booze 
a New yep. Year's Eve, like what, you know. Homeless what, people tried to steal stuff yeah. from you, Zach? What, what is going on in California? I saw a guy eating a bagel on the street. I yep. mean, like, what is happening in California, Zach Heilprin? What do you mean eating a bagel? What does eating a bagel have to do with? Uh, oh, the guy was rubbing a bagel on the side of the road. I think it was bad Scott, karma for the Rose Bowl. Zach, they're even losing your ho- hotel reservations. Come on, bro. Our pets' yeah, heads are cool. falling off. I mean, it's tragic uh, out there, Zach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not cool. Not cool. And they, and if you remember the Brewers NLDS, what, what didn't they? Or the uh, NLCS? Did oh, they lose two or three out here? Yeah, too? unbelievable. What what is with California? Forget not California not, dreaming. Screw that. Yeah, not ideal. If I never had to come back to California ever again, I'd be okay with it. So, did uh, you have a better yeah, go around this time than last time? Yeah, but I mean, it's still California. It's like the fifth time I've been out here in like the last twelve months. So, I, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, I had a better trip so far than the Packers did. That's for sure. Man, Zach, what was the just? I don't know. Could they even have stopped Mostert? Like, Terrible. what happened there, dude? Oh. They couldn't stop the perimeter runs, according to Zedarius Smith. And uh, I don't know who – look, I don't know who he was taking a shot at. Could have been taking a shot at himself and the leadership there. Could have been taking a shot at Mike Pettin. But he said the the outside where the perimeter runs, they couldn't stop it, and they should have fixed it on the sideline, but they didn't. And then he was asked, you know, furthermore, you know, did, did that impact your inability to get to the quarterback because they didn't really have to pass the ball. They only passed it eight times. And he said, no, 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 no. We should have adjusted. We should have adjusted on the sideline. We didn't do it. We'll know next time that we need to adjust. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a shot at him or a shot at Mike Pettin or what. But um, there was. Uh, I think. That, I, I think he was probably taking some of the blame upon himself. But there may have been a little bit of a finger pointing towards the Packers defensive coordinator who got abused yesterday by um, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, and that's what I, I struggle with, Zach, because the, 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 the obviously the glaring stat that jumps off the page, Jimmy Garoppolo, eight pass attempts. I mean, they, they basically just, you know, they, they, you know, implored him not to pass or basically mandated that they weren't going to throw the ball. So it's pretty obvious what they were going to do. The Packers had to, by about, you know, into the second quarter, early third quarter, the Packers had to say, well, dude, obviously they're not throwing it. All we have to do is sell out on the run, and yet they still couldn't do it. I don't have the exact figure. In, you know, I, I put it in, the, in our little story that we did for um, after the game. I want to say it was like 24.05 in, in terms of game time that they went between pass attempts. You know, I think it was like mm. 2.10 left in the first half, and then not until uh, 8.05 left in the fourth quarter did they – take uh, did they throw the ball and yet the Packers had zero answer to Raheem Mostert and that offensive um and and that and it just Raheem Mostert's on his seventh team that offensive line is very good but the Packers for the most part in the second half of the season had stopped the run quite well and it was just brutal and you could tell from almost the beginning of the game that it was going to be one of those nights I mean even after even if they get that stop on third down which is a great stop right they get off the field um but like he picked up five and then four on the first on the first drive, and they get stuffed on that play. But then after that, it was just the seas opened up. I've I've never seen holes as big as those sometimes, uh, or big as those, you know, maybe all year against them. But um, I think you have to give credit to San Francisco, but you have to give give a lot of blame towards that defense for not being able to adjust and not being able to tackle a guy who is good, but he's not he's not exactly thought of as one of the best running backs in the in the game by any stretch. Zach, I mean, I'm looking at the, the the defense. Yeah, it was lacking. But what about the performance? What did you think of uh, Aaron Rodgers and his performance? And what did he say after the game? He was surprisingly um, positive after the game. But I think that's that has a lot to do with what happened this year. But in terms of what he played like, his numbers look much better than I think anybody thinks he played. Right? I mean, he threw for 326 yards, two touchdowns, but the the two turnovers in the first half, the fumbled snap which he said he wasn't sure exactly what happened whether he pulled out too early or whether you know Lindsley didn't get it there I, I don't know it hit his hands um so I, I to me it's kind of on him and then he didn't go diving in the pile for it that I think uh would probably get a lot closer of a look if they had lost that game or had not got blown out in that game and then the interception you know him and Geronimo Allison certainly not on the same page and he uh he said he threw it behind Geronimo and, and obviously Allison wasn't looking but those two turnovers Led to, um, first of all, took points off the board. The first one did. They were in, you know, they were in San Francisco territory. And the second one, 
you know, gave them a touchdown right before halftime. I mean, that, that game is looking much different if it's 17 to seven or, um, you know, 20 to seven at halftime, as opposed to 27 to nothing. And, you know, after, what he said afterwards, not even talking about the game, but towards next year, I, I, he was a lot more upbeat this time around than he was three years ago when they lost to Atlanta. I think he sees that um, this isn't so much of an ending, but more like a, a beginning, even if he is going to be 37, um, you know, next uh, next fall. So it, it, a lot more positive than I thought maybe I thought he was going to be. But he, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Visiting with our uh, sports director, Zach Halpern, on his way back from uh, the West Coast. Speaking of endings, Zach, based on the performance last night and really the, this down the stretch second half of the season, is this the end of uh, Mike Patton? I mean, the one holdover from the McCarthy regime, but kind of kind of limped to the finish line, obviously got horribly exposed last night. Do you think they make a change there? Yeah, you know, I it's going to be interesting. I, cause they, I thought, you know, at, at times this year, they played quite well, and then I don't think that they're actually that bad down the stretch um certainly second half against seattle and then all night last night you wonder if he'll hold on to mike Pettin. i'm talking about matt lafleur to hold on to him like mike mccarthy held on to dom capers way too long um you know but mccarthy for his for his part also jettisoned a guy that he like um that he held over on on his first staff now it took a couple years but he eventually jettisoned him. I think, I guess, I don't know, I guess I'd be surprised if, if they moved down from him, even though that was just horrendous last night. I, I, I don't think they're just going to forget all the good stuff that happened this year and just toss him into the trash can, but we'll see. I mean, I, I could totally, I totally could understand them doing it. Like those, that performance certainly was not good enough, but I just don't know if LaFleur is, um, is going to pull the trigger. Zach, I saw you put on your Twitter at Zach Halperin, um, you can only bring one of these veteran free agents back next, next year, which is at Brian Bulaga, Mason Crosby, Blake Martinez, Tremont Williams. Zach Halperin would say what? Originally, I, like, when I, after writing the poll question and posting I looked at the list, I'm like, actually, that's kind of how I probably would think, would think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was Brian Bulaga that ended up winning that poll pretty significantly. Now, he's been obviously injury-prone and, and fought through a bunch of injuries, but injury-prone, and, um, you know, we've seen other teams struggle with trying to find a kicker, so I've been going back between those those two. I guess I would take Brian Balaga, but I, I guess I'd also be, I also think he's they're going to let him move on. Um, so I think Mason Crosby is back. I don't think Blake Martinez is back because I think he's going to get a, a lot of money. He goes to somewhere else. Someone else is going to pay him a lot of money, and then I don't think the Packers should pay him a lot of money. And I don't think they're going to. So he'll move on. And, you know, and Tremont was fine. Um, was, there's a lot of yeah. uh, clamoring for him to be back. But, yeah, I would I would probably say um, Balaga's – three of them are gone. Balaga, uh, Martinez, and Williams. And I would bring back Crosby. Well, and then the irony, Zach, a follow-up to that is, you know, the, the biggest exposure last night was uh, obviously – uh, what happened to the defense and defensive line? Yet, by far and away, the biggest offseason move for the Packers is going to be re-signing Kenny Clark. So, yeah. you know, when, when does that happen? And do, do the Packers say, obviously, we got to bring back ninety-seven, but we may have some some holes that we need to fix on the defensive line. But then you go where I think everybody assumes this is going to be the offseason where Gutekunst goes offense because last year was all defense. So, what does the the beat down last night on the defensive line and the running? change maybe the offseason or do they still think they stick to a plan of going specifically offense in the offseason yeah i think the defensive line the way that mike Patton ran it there were a lot of uh, light boxes in other words a lot of two down linemen packages especially in the first half it i didn't understand that very much but look they just signed um sent dean lowry to contract extension uh within the last year tyler lancaster as well Kenny Clark's going to get his money. I don't. Maybe maybe they add somebody in free agency, uh, or maybe they can you know continue on and we'll, we'll use some of the uh, draft capital, I guess, that they they'll have, and and hope that a guy like Kingsley Kiki will uh, take a next step, and Montrevious Adams will take a next step. I mean, they have they have bodies there. I think they have more um, necessary areas they need to fill other than defensive line, especially the linebacker spot, tight end, wide receiver. Like I don't know if you can. I don't think defensive line is nearly as big of a need as some of the other spots are. Even even with the performance last night. 
Yeah, so what's the final epitaph for Zach Heilprin? I mean, like, we all become prisoners of the moment. You're a game away for the Super Bowl. Everyone's gripping today. Everyone says that this and that, the Packers stink, blah, blah, blah. But go back to a year ago today where some guy we never even heard of is a week on the job. You got massive defections of big names. You have so many unanswered questions. How how will you recap, how will you rate this Packers season when it's all said and done? I don't think you can rate it anything other than a very uh, a, a big success. I mean, obviously, yeah, they they fell flat yesterday and fell flat a couple of times. And the losses that they had were just so dramatic, especially the ones out here that uh, are so emphatic, I should say, that that kind of probably skews it. But they also won 14 games. They they got a bye for the first time since 2014. They had uh, an opportunity to play for Super Bowl for the first time in, in three years. And you know, I. I don't know how you can – obviously it's disappointing there, but I don't know how you can view it as anything other than uh, a success in Matt LaFleur's first year. And that was the overwhelming feel in the locker room yesterday. Everyone, to a man, you know, whether it was Kenny Clark or Devontae Adams or obviously Aaron Rodgers, they all feel like they have the pieces. They, not, they certainly need to add some new guys, certainly need to add some uh, new additions that will take them uh, even further, but I think you, you have to be impressed with what Matt LaFleur was able to accomplish in the first year. A lot, a lot went their way injury-wise and some of the the ability to close games, but um, there's there's no way that this is anything but a, a, a big success for them. Well, you'll be happy to know, Zach, you know, Mount Notice is Nelson's deal. Now we have the nut, nut kick, kick continuum. continuum. That's Ebo's deal. I'm sure you've seen the the, the memes of him, uh, you know, the, the nut kick. And this Goody one kick. definitely goes on is it. it so. Really? Yeah, I think it is. You're game away from the Super Bowl. Get that close. Yeah, See, like, a nut kick for me, Zach, is like the Rose Bowl. But Joe talked me into it. Yesterday was a nut kick. You're one game away from the Super Bowl. It's called Title Town, not Participation Trophy Town. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. There's no doubt about that. But like, did you actually feel like good going to that? My, game nu- I feel like shot? my nut got kicked like before halftime. Yeah, I just got to ice them a little longer. Nothing, man. They, they were by far the better team, and they were by far the better team all year. I, I don't. You you need to get out of Hollyweird and over all yeah. the California. Get out of there, High Alpern. Get your brain right. You come back home to the Midwest. Yeah, where you belong. Okay, guys. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Love Drive you. safe. Fly safe. That'd be a long drive. There he is, Zach Alperin from San Francisco. Yeah, get him out of there.